Hello, my name's James Pikeway, and this is the Nightline Podcast. If you're interested in cars, car repair, music, fitness, technology, and more, this is the podcast for you. Interested in more of what's going on at Dubai Eye? Go to DubaiEye1038.com and search out our podcasts and blogs. Want to get in touch with me? Nightline at DubaiEye1038.ae. Enjoy the show. Glenn Power is here from GT Auto Center, which means for the next hour, we're fixing your car right here on Dubai Eye. It's that simple. As you're driving home, as you're caught in some line somewhere, as you're snaking through Murdiff City Center parking lot, <laughs> and you hear the rankle, clankle, clack, or you see smoke coming out of the person's, person's car in front of you, and I don't mean fire smoke, I mean it's out of the exhaust and it's a color that it shouldn't be, you know, you're going to be stopped anyway. Have someone go knock on the window and let them know. Have, have someone. <laughs> you don't do it yourself because <laughs> you're driving. But uh, you know what? We, we are here to help you figure out what is going on, how important it is that you get into your workshop like yesterday to get this sorted, and the questions to ask. It's that simple. That's yep. what Glenn does. Welcome to the program. Good to be back. What's been going on this week uh, at your place? Oh, it's been dusty though, hasn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Washing cars three times a day oh, before they get collected. That's yeah, always, yeah. always fun. I, you know, I like the car washing thing when, when I take my car in to get repaired and, and they do a nice clean up. And yeah. I, I really I really like that. We can rebuild somebody's engine and the one thing they'll comment on is whether it's clean or not. <laughs> exactly. Isn't yeah. it incredible? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it literally is the difference between signing on the line on the 20,000 invoice yeah. is so much easier when the car's sparkly yeah. outside. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's even better when the guys run a vacuum in the inside yeah, and make right, sure yeah. the dash is clean yeah. and there's no fingerprints anywhere. Yeah. I, I, I think you should expect it. Yeah. I yeah. really, really do. Do you guys put little uh, air fresheners hanging from the mirror that say GT Auto Center? No, no, no. Yeah. No, there are people that do that, but uh, yeah. no, we don't do that. Some people... Bobbly, he- bobbly head? Bobble head. I'm thinking of making waving. my own bobble yeah. head, yeah. yeah. GT Auto Center? It's smiling? Do something about the dimensions, though. <laughs> <laughs> a bit too tall, isn't it? Hey, I got another idea. When you give those cars back, can you tune them all into Dubai I 103.8 so that the station is always on Dubai I? That might already be done. Okay. Can't possibly comment. <laughs> Even better if we could load in a car clinic program into their system. If I've got it on USB. <laughs> there we go. Get See? it on there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now we're working this. <laughs> yeah. Get some car clinic air freshness. Yeah. Now, the reason I don't do that and no, I've no, never pushed to do that is because they uh, make me feel travel sick. Well, that's it. And people might have allergies. Yeah. And the last thing you want to do is, but I, I love it when I get in the car, just is just clean. Spotless. Yeah, nice and clean. Uh, people, uh, we, we were, in the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about air conditioning. Yeah. And uh, it was, what, 33 today? Yeah, getting up there again. I had the AC on myself. James Pikeway had the AC on. I, I was driving the four-door version of my vehicle, the one that has a roof and windows, <laughs> and I actually put the AC on. Yeah. Nice, yeah. getting real hot. Yeah. And the AC worked, so I was very happy. <laughs> <laughs> sweating as you press the button thinking oh no you know what I, I follow the rules and I do start it up every week I just get you know let it go for a little bit to make yep. sure that it's everything's lubricated so I was very happy it was frigid so I was this is great yeah definitely uh, always use it I would always recommend to use it there's nothing wrong with leaving it on yeah even if you've got the temperature gauge on the warm side 
leaving well, the ASEAN is not a problem really. Well, that was exactly the, about three weeks ago, I was carpooling in with him to Sean and he turned on my AC but pulled it up to where it was warm. And we're running the AC, and I'm going, why are we doing this? And he's going, well, at least cuts out the humidity. Yeah, dehumidifies. Oh, wow, okay, that's smart thinking, but why are you running my AC? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's an extra two dirhams for the fuel. That's exactly what I was saying. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, that that always brings up the question of how often should we be changing those, the the filters that are in the cabin. And a lot of, uh, especially the higher-end vehicles, I don't have any idea if there's a filter in the Jeep. There might be. There might not be. There must be. But probably not. Mm, but no. if I'm driving on a, a Beamer or a Mercedes or, you know, even a, a Clio, though they probably have a filter for the AC. How often do we change those things? For me, and I've got a, a little girl, and I've so it might have changed my opinion, but I can't remember thinking any different to this, but I would change them on every service. They're relatively really? inexpensive and on the more modern and every higher end service. Cost. Yeah, yeah. They're not expensive. I mean, yeah. you mentioned BMW. Yeah. Some of them on the bigger vehicles, they have twin fillers, which are huge. And you might pay 200 dirhams for them. But they're normally charcoal ones, so they can last longer and you can clean them out. Um, But the standard paper filters that aren't charcoal, I would change them every service. Relatively speaking, if you think 50 dirhams or 60 dirhams for a filter, pretty standard price. The job that they do when they work is well worth it. Well, and you think, how much time do you spend in your vehicle? How how often are you ferrying your kids or parents yeah. or aunts and uncles, grandparents from here to there? You you want that that your health is on the line. Well, here. if you think of it like this, and uh, you've got the DIY guys on tomorrow, so yes. the mold that you get around the bath <laughs> in the silicon sealant, right? Yeah. It's there because it's always warm. Typically, we have warm baths and warm showers, and it's always wet because we're having baths and showers so it's perfect for mold that's exactly the conditions we have in our car except it is a hundred times better because it sometimes gets 30 plus degrees in the car which it doesn't always get when the shower's turned off in your in your bathroom and it's wet because of the the humidity in the air that the ac collects in the ac system so that dampness will get into the filter and uh, anyone that questions why they should change their ac filler just ask the technician to take it out and show you and all they have to do is drop it on the ground in front of you and they'll pick it up and there will be a thick layer of dust on the ground and you'll have seen the smoke cloud as well and uh like i say they're typically not that expensive Mm. they can be expensive ones but like i say they normally are charcoal ones and the charcoal ones are more expensive because of the construction and they can be cleaned out so as long as you blow them out you'll be Mm. fine Okay, so it's something that we should be thinking about, especially as the weather is is starting to creep up there. If you haven't gone and had your AC serviced, how did it at least looked at when you're you're going to your garage? You know, it's the the summer is coming, and you want to make sure your vehicle is going to be just riding like a top when the, yeah. the heat kicks in if you when you do that have them take a look at your ac unit just to make sure that everything is working well that the all the the, the coolant is at the right level everything is functioning because when that thing gets under stress if it's not you're going to be saying i should have listened to the car clinic yeah you don't get along do you i mean no. If you get in that car and the AC doesn't start working when you start switch it on and it's been outside and it's 50 degrees, <laughs> you're going to be sweating pretty yeah. quick. Yeah. And then no doubt you'll put the windows down and you'll get moving and think, oh, this is all right. Yeah. And then it's a traffic jam. Yeah. 
so nobody's happy at all and uh, you'll be going to the workshop instead of having maintenance you'll be having repair and repair is typically more expensive yeah. Yeah. so don't even think about it anything else uh, people coming in with uh, any any job of the week that caught your attention what's been catching my attention this week is how many people are just refusing to pay for tires because they're waiting for 2018 model tires to hit the market oh I literally really? have I never thought about this yeah so I've, I've got three customers who I personally deal with that uh, are really giving me a hard time about their tyres. They need tyres. Uh, one needs them because they're going to fail at the RTA, uh, but the other two, you know, both friends of mine, I would call them, they need tyres because they're unsafe. Yeah. And they're quite right. They don't want to pay for 2017 tyres when they're already, although they might only be a few weeks old in reality, they are already a year old when it comes mm -hmm. to the to the RTA's but, assessment. Uh, but we're, the RTA assessment, they're they're looking at three years or five years. Yeah, three to five years. So at three years, then they'll ask the questions, and then right, they'll start looking for cracks and those yeah. things. I mean, typically here, I change my tires anyway every three years. Yeah, but we get that's obviously dependent on how often and how much it's driven. Um, I just find they start to crack whether so, you drive them or not, unless yeah, you're so keeping they, them in an air-conditioned garage. So you get cracks on tyres, but uh, I mean, it might be that it's not a coincidence that two of the three are pilots, uh -huh. so they don't use the right. vehicle often. You know, nice. if they go into the airport, they're getting picked up by the driver. So, so when did the 2018 tyres come out? Well, the bigger supplier that I can get to promise me uh, a, a delivery is the start of April. And okay. uh, I have word that they are in the country, but the people that have them are holding on till they've sold their 2017 stock. Right, which makes sense. Yeah, but if they sold them at a more reasonable price, <laughs> they, wouldn't have a, they wouldn't have them hanging on at the end of the year. So, yeah, yeah this has been my uh, fight this yeah. week. Okay. Um, but, you know, it's, it's again, like we say with the AC, the hot weather, there really isn't mm. any forgiveness yeah, when it comes to tires, you haven't got any chances to take, and and mm. and it will punish you if, if. That's the only thing connecting your vehicle to the road. Exactly. Those yeah. tires fail, it could be catastrophic. Yeah, and and they typically won't fail altogether, which will be more manageable. One will fail and throw you all out of balance uh, on the road. And, and the amount of damage one can do. I've yeah. seen cars that have pulled over and they're looking underneath the undercarriage because the oh, yeah. the, the, the the tire that is now frayed has taken out other parts of the vehicle. It'll take, I've seen them um, smash fuel filters. Yeah. I've seen them smash fuel tanks. I've seen them smash and totally destroy headlights, taillights, bumpers, body panels. Oh, there you go. So, uh, yeah, even even if you manage to pull it over safely and in a controlled way, the damage is already done. So you're going to need your wheel repairing most likely as well. Mm. And, uh, yeah. Car Clinic's a program. Glenn joining us from GT Auto Center. If you've got questions about car maintenance, some of the things that are going wrong with your vehicles, making an odd sound, get in touch with us. We can help sort you out. Oh, and by the way, did you know that the Dubai Eye, uh, the Dubai Eye app, has a brand new look, a brand new feel? It is ready to be downloaded on iOS or Android. It's right here for you. It's your chance to stay one step ahead with the news with talk, with sport, with everything to do with car maintenance. We're showcasing all of Dubai Eye's exciting, enthusiastic, informative, and entertaining content. Let us know what you think. Text us through the app or, of course, use 4001. It's that simple. This is the Car Clinic, by the way, if you're wondering what you've tuned into. We're talking about car repair, GT Auto Center's
Glenn Powers here, and uh, there, we just got a message through from Ashraf reminding me <laughs> of like yesterday's message. Don't worry, Ashraf, it's on the top of the list. And uh, Ashraf came through on yesterday's show, and, and he says that he was considering buying a Jeep Cherokee, a Trailhawk 2015, but he's concerned about transmission in that model. And I said, you know what, we're going to fire it back over here because... A, you deal with all sorts of vehicles, and if this is something that you're hearing about seeing, you might have uh, some observations for mm. him. He, he's hearing that the transmission in this 2015 model of the Jeep, Grand, Jeep Cherokee, he hears that it fails many times and there are many recalls. Uh, is it a concern still with the car? Do you have any ideas? Well, it's not unknown for vehicles from any manufacturer to have recalls, and it's a good sign that they're getting recalled because it means the follow-up and quality control from the manufacturer exists and they're rectifying these problems. If it's got a recall in the US or Australia or Europe, it makes no difference. It's got a recall and it should be a worldwide recall unless they pinpoint it to a single factory and they those vehicles only went to a certain market. So if it's a recall, then you should be applicable. It should be applicable to your vehicle. Then you yeah. should get the repairs done under the recall conditions. So that that shouldn't be anything to worry about. Now, as for common issues on the transmission with that, obviously, we wouldn't sit here and say anything right. like that. You know, we, 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 right. I I don't represent anyone from Jeep or Chrysler, right. so I'm, I, right. I I don't know enough. And obviously, I only see vehicles typically that want to be repaired. Yeah. Are you seeing any of these coming? And then that moves on to the second thing. So it's a 2015. So again, typically that vehicle would still be in warranty. Yeah. Um, so it's very unlikely f- that if I see one, it hasn't been done already because it would already have to be three years old. If it hasn't been done in its three years with the agency, then yeah. something is wrong or that vehicle doesn't have the transmission recall mm. applied to it. In, in talking to the guys yesterday on the show, Ashraf, they were saying that they're not hearing that there are uh, issues at this time with that vehicle. They're they're only hearing good things about it, and um, there might have been things going on in the past, but they seem to have got everything sorted out. So they're uh, they're very happy. Yeah, recalls happen all the time. Sometimes they're they're term proactive service campaigns. So, yeah. for instance, I've I've worked in a uh, a main dealer before in the UK and, and we would repair and replace parts on vehicles that the customer just brought for a service and then after the service we would just say to them okay so the factory asked us to do this while the car was here there's yeah. no charge to you even if the car was 15 years old yeah. we've changed things like tailgate locks and changed things like airbags yeah. and we've changed just because it's something that was potentially going to be a problem and, and the, so recalls sometimes get rectified without any uh, request for you to visit the agency so just check the history of the vehicle you're going to buy get the chassis number ask the agency yeah. and see what they say second thing if you're looking so back to the original question the the, the guys on the show and, and people we've been talking about about these jeeps they're saying you know look just go get it they're they're great uh, the other side of it is if you're buying used buying a 2015 year model make sure that you go go and get a decent inspection done. Now That's you can right. get that done at the RTA, but I would also encourage you to go and take it to a mechanic and do so with you know with the blessing of the person you're going to buy it from. Yeah. But have them do the walkthrough of it. And yeah. th- when you do that, you're looking at about 500 dirhams, yeah. typical price I think. And the, 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 someone like yourself, you're looking for the problems. Exactly. And then, and and I would take it to the person that you're going to trust with the vehicle should you then buy it. 
so you can then sit down with that person and say all right what did you find if anything and uh, what can we look at over the next 12 months of my cost of ownership of this vehicle so then you're not only thinking about the x amount of dirhams to spend to buy the car you then you're going into it with your eyes open and knowing that for the next year it's going to cost you typically x amount of dirhams yeah. on top of that the then other question the other question comes down to your 2015 uh, jeep cherokee trailhawk that you're looking at getting uh, do they have the service record for it yeah i mean it's exactly. again it's it's only 2018 so they it should have been with the agency all yeah. the time so if it's not if it's something that's being imported uh i yeah we have this problem I, right? I'd be, I, you know honestly if it was me i'm i'm a skeptic i wouldn't be touching it yeah, we we talk people out of it, and uh, the owner of the company I work for has U.S. import cars. Yeah. He, he he owns U.S. import cars. But when it comes to electronic things, if we have issues with software, etc., we struggle yeah. with backup from the agencies and the importers here. So it's very very difficult to justify on the more modern cars in 2015. Look that was one of them that was they they were in the news some of those vehicles yeah. they were they're that advanced that they're able to be hacked yeah there's so many electronics and computers on them right so yeah. it's something to think about if it's an import definitely yeah, yeah think so very long and hard about it last but not least ashraf imtishan is in the u.s right now with the jeep guys <laughs> when uh, he's back next week i'll fire the question back at him yet a third time yeah and uh, that, that'll give us three kicks at this can and if you haven't bought it already it'll give you another uh, opportunity to to think things through yeah. but uh, top of the top of the page from yesterday and and today we're not hearing anything bad no, about no. that vehicle at this time so no. yeah i'd buy one it's <laughs> a question, but I'm not looking to buy one. <laughs> I have to keep my car. <laughs> uh, we got messages coming through from Angela, and she says, Hi, guys, I've got two questions for you. First, I had an oil change recently. The guys charged me a lot for an Auto Pro ceramic treatment, 250 uh, mLs. I have a 2006 Pajero. Is this treatment a waste of time? What is that treatment? Yeah, I have no idea what that uh, is. That's, that's uh, strange. Auto Pro ceramic Are they talking treatment? about the body there, or which ceramic treatment sounds like something you'd potentially have on the, on the paint? But maybe it was a uh, engine additive, 250 mils, makes it sound like it may have been an engine oil additive. So uh, did they explain to you why you had that, or why it was necessary for you to have it? That would be the first question, and, and if they can't explain that to you, then it would potentially be a waste of time. But if there's a reason they wanted to use it and they could justify that reason, then, of course, it's it's worth doing. Yeah, I'm just looking at some of these things. Uh, hmm. It seems to be a paint protector. Right. Paint protection normally <laughs> is a ceramic, <laughs> yeah. True. You normally get ceramic body protection. Yeah, I had an oil change recently. The guy's trying... Okay, we'll get to the... So that, that sounds kind of weird. Mm. It sounds... I don't know. I mean, I don't want to make any judgments here, not knowing the full context of the conversation, but it doesn't sound like it was something you needed. If your car is very, very shiny and it looks good, then it was to do with the body. And yeah. it, Sorry, if it was to do with the body, and that's why. Uh, yeah, yeah the, the ceramic stuff is, is pretty pretty good it does help even stopping things like scratches yeah. so so there we go so this yeah. it could you know yeah that, so you're, you're listening so i'm sure you'll follow through with yeah, us if it was know. a paint treatment that they did when you were getting the oil done yeah which it, it could possibly be yeah and if it is then uh, i do 
I do like those things. They tend to be expensive, yeah. but I, they do work and they have they do have something to offer. Now, Angela say no, it was an additive they were talking about. Yeah, well, that was my fear. Uh, yeah. If they can't explain why they needed to put it in there, as you say, yeah. then no. We have additives that we will use with, with help in flushing oil and things like that, but yeah. we will always explain why we're using it, and we won't use it all the time. Yeah, there, there are no dumb questions, by the way, Angela. No, that's, that's why we not. do this program. Yeah. I mean, believe you me, I have uh, the, the questions I don't ask Glenn. He, his eyes are perpetually rolled into the back of his head. So, <laughs> so yeah, your questions are actually very intelligent. I gotta say. Uh, second question. Uh, with this hot weather recently, Angela turned on the AC of her 2006 Pajero. Two door or four door? That's a good question. Mm. I'm wondering. I'm thinking two door. She's gonna let us know. But I'm thinking two door. Uh, I, and I love the two-door ones. I just think this, they're they're cool. Anyway, uh, got nothing. I turned on the AC. Got nothing. Weather uh, but hot air. So is this likely to be a, a, a coolant issue or the compressor or big question mark? A quick fix or pricey? Thanks, Angela. We'll hope it's just a gas level issue so refrigerant issue we'll hope so it, it could be compressor but it could be a hundred other things as well yeah. and uh, the thing to think about is where are you going to get to check it because you want someone to go and check it properly starting with the basics and the most basic thing to do is put some pressure gauges on the system and see is there any gas or refrigerant in the system and if there isn't or there's not enough can we get it topped up and check how it works with the right amount in so if it works then with the right amount in fantastic um, but try to ask questions about what they're going to do when they do that if it's going to just be filling the gas or if it's going to be a, a proper ac service in this situation i would probably go for a proper ac service simply because just topping up the gas and it works is great but we need to think about there's oil in there as well and yep. getting that oil out as much as we can which you'll never get all of it out but getting most of, most of it that we can out and then adding new oil is also beneficial so doing a full AC service with some leak detector as well which means if there is a leak that's developed in the time it's been switched off you can then go back in a couple of weeks and see where that leak's coming from and get it fixed before yeah. you then end up running it with because when the when the refrigerant leaks out the oil will leak out as well depending on what part of the system the leak is you could lose all the oil and then a leak turns into a failed compressor very quickly well, and the other side of it is when you're having the workshop take a look at this ac unit they should give a nice visual look around yeah. the compressor oh, around the compression right. hoses they might they might actually be able to see where the where yeah. there is a leak well once you start on the service for that you know you you are removing the the, the, the refrigerant that's in there already and then you're going to hold a vacuum on the system if the system can't hold that vacuum so the negative pressure for a fixed period of time that gives you an idea that there's a quite obvious leak somewhere then when you refill that yeah. uh, gas if there is an obvious leak you'll hear it leaking or see it leaking even if it's big enough but if it's a small leak that's not visible or it's from a position or an area in the vehicle that isn't easily accessible without removing a lot of stuff that's what the refrigerant leak detector is for mm -hmm. and you will either use a like a sniffer so it's just an electronic sniffer which picks up the refrigerant chemical or they'll put a dye in there, which means in a few, like say, a 
10 days, two weeks, you can go back and check for the trace of this dye which, which fluoresces under UV light and that will give you a sign and, and it could just be a simple little rubber o-ring which costs you a few dirhams to, to buy and replace and it saves you potentially changing the compressor. You know, this is one of the, the things, there's little valves where they do the pressure check and yeah. I had both of mine, yeah. both of mine went, so yeah. uh, that's possible. Um, we're, you know what, we'll, there's a, there's a interesting, because Angela's come back uh, with the question about the oil uh, issue and there is a nano treatment for oil uh, that is rather costly. <laughs> and uh, nano turbo engine treatment, and they're they're talking, and there's some other ones as well. Utilizes ceramic technology to form a micro ceramic protective coating on all non uh, um, ferrous parts within your vehicle, and uh, utilizes this to help protect from heat and friction and the formation of uh, performance degrading sludge. And that they're, they're, I'm looking at two of these nano treatments that uh, do this. Yeah, well, the people that got the product out there obviously got someone impressed enough to invest in it. So, and they managed to get it on the market. I'm sure there are quality standards that it's met. But for me, they haven't been around forever and we've done without them. So unless there was a specific need to use it, then uh, it needs to be explained before they try and charge you for it, yeah. in my opinion. Um, one of one of the things that that we we constantly come back to and and you know we kind of lean over on on one side of the spectrum here is a lot of our oils already have exactly. a lot of additives in them and especially if you're like me driving a slightly older vehicle putting additives in and and adding things to it at this point don't make a huge difference no that's and, right um, so did, did you know did I, I don't know why they'd want to put that in your vehicle but. It, it could be okay according to what what i'm saying it, yeah. it could it definitely has a, a use and a purpose whether you needed it i don't know yeah that's, it's a question that you should, it's not going to hurt your car at this point so no it's it's probably not going to hurt and like i say it's probably passed enough standard uh, testing and quality testing to get on the market to make it that even if it doesn't do anything good it probably won't do anything bad as well it's just a shame that you have to pay for these things uh, without them being explained to you. Yeah. Uh, the other side is there is some, uh, some of these are available on eBay for, you know, like a hundred bucks. So I don't know how much you paid for it, but it anyway. was expensive. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the message here is if someone and this, this goes for anything you're getting done at uh, a workshop, if they can't explain it to you, don't let them do it. Yeah. And, and did they adjust the quantity of oil? That's a, that's a good for question. For the extra quarter that's of a litre that you've had it in there. I'd be asking a lot of questions. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for, for future reference, if they can't answer those questions, why this is, needs to be in there and what's going to happen if I don't do it and, 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 and. Don't it ha- if it's, uh, you, you're asking us a question about it and uh, it seems to me like that makes it the first time you've come across it. Yeah. So for the last 12 years, it hasn't had it. Yeah. And I know Pajero's and they do pretty well yeah. without this sort of stuff so if there was a specific need for it perhaps it was one of those stop smoke additives if yeah, you'd have come back maybe. and said it was that and they said look we have a potential stuck oil control ring and we're going to try and use this stop smoke additive to help out rather than strip the engine down that's fine you know it's worth a try but this seems like uh, more of a cosmetic thing and I'm, mm-hmm. I haven't used anything and I haven't been part of the R&D for anything like it so I don't know but yeah. 
without an explanation, I'd be very upset about paying for that. There we go. Car Clinics program. Glenn's joining us from GT Auto Center. You've got questions about your car maintenance, car repairs? You know where to call. This is the Car Clinic. Glenn joining us from GT Auto Center. We're fixing cars on the radio. It's that simple. Giving you some great advice. Uh, Angela, we uh, I sent you back a text and, uh, you know... Maybe, <laughs> maybe there was a commission involved. I, you know, a, yeah. a lot of places are trying to sell stuff. Just say no. I mean, that's what I usually do. You are on the money, I think, Angela. Right on the money there yeah. with that one. I just don't say it on air. Yeah, we're not going to say it on air either. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, and I didn't clue in when you were mentioning the product name mm. either. But anyway, um, you're, you're okay. You're okay. Yeah. Um, uh, Wegas has come in on the SMS line, and he has said that my car brakes leave black dust on the alloy rims. Recently serviced from the agency, and they said it's coming from the brakes. Agency says it's okay. What do you think? So brakes, yeah, brake dust, horrible stuff. And uh, yes, you'll get it all over the wheel rims. Looks awful on alloy wheels, which typically most vehicles have, especially out here. So it's basically the brake pad burning. It's a carbon-based material that's the friction lining of the brake pad. It gets very hot and burns, and then it will come off as brake dust. It is normal to get brake dust, uh, but if you take our market and compare it to California, in California and in parts of Australia and in parts of Europe, you're not allowed to have dust from your brakes. They have to use no dust or very super low dust brake pads because Ah. of the pollution that it causes normally to the water table because obviously it's getting washed off with water and then going into the drains. So there are low dust brakes out there. We deal with a company that sell them. They don't have to be for performance cars. They can go across the whole whole spectrum of, of, of cars. And they are a great idea. I'm, I'm right behind them. You normally end up with ceramic compounds in them, which make them a little bit more expensive. But they're also much more efficient because of that. So I think it is normal to get brake dust. But there are things you can do about it if you don't like it. Mm. Okay, there you go. Uh, second question that's come in. Angela's back with us. Yeah. Uh, great question as well, and I think there's a lot of folks who have this question. Yeah. It says, uh, what's the difference between oil that's good for 5,000 kilometers versus 10,000 kilometers? I mean, how often should I get the oil changed anyway? That's coming from Angela. Right, okay. So with the 2006 Pajero that we know you have, it's getting to the age now at 12 years where as, as reliable as they are, and they are very reliable. No one's going to question that as long as they're maintained. Uh, service intervals should never be... I don't like this 5,000, 10,000, 15,000. I don't like the 15,000 one anyway. While it's in warranty and with the agency, let them tell you and do what they want. But w- when it gets to the age of three years and comes out of that, I would start to bring it down. And especially the way we're going with engines, we're going smaller and um, charged. So we're going... Rather than a V8, we might have a V6 with a turbo or a V6 with a supercharger or even a four-cylinder, you get a Mustang with a turbocharged small engine now, right? So those engines, because of the way the turbos work and the way they operate, should have much shorter service intervals. Now, the oil that is required to make it more than 5,000 and up to the 10,000 kilometer basically would just be that it's a synthetic oil. And a synthetic oil is just engineered so that the particles that make the oil up are all uniform. 
which means that the behavior of that oil is predictable to a longer extent than than a mineral oil which would be typically for a 5000 kilometer use because that has well it's natural so it's yeah. not all it's not all uniform particles and those particles therefore make it that it's much harder to predict how long that oil will perform properly so because of that then you have to change it sooner you're going quite high if you go to 10,000 kilometers as I said for most cars anyway but with a synthetic oil with your vehicle there's nothing wrong with getting up there and 8,000 kilometers would be my personal choice on a car of that age there you go uh, I'm, I'm, I sort of err on the side of I ch- like to change my oil every 5,000 kilometers, and I use the synthetic, the 10,000 yep. kilometer oil, but I change yep. it at, at, at an earlier interval, just because I know that the the, the vehicle rides hot, uh, I know yep. that it is warm, I I know how I drive the darn thing, uh, yeah. you know, like I stole it. <laughs> so um, <yeah. laughs> even Esther <laughs> laughed at that one. <laughs> so uh, I I go on the lower side, and and you know sometimes people say, man, you're paying a lot of extra cash. I said, you know what? I know I'm getting great oil. Yeah. And I just, it's it's a small price to pay for a little bit of of peace of mind when it comes to my. It's my easy money. for me to sit here and say do it every five thousand because I'm making money effectively sure. from doing that. So I'd always try and be a bit more pragmatic about it. And my approach to it, as I say, we use oil in our workshop, which is OE quality for the vehicles that are brand new today, which they tell us can do 15,000 kilometers. And no one's done it. Maybe we should do it. But no one has put a vehicle side by side and gone 15,000 from new and done 200,000 kilometers and then done one next to it who had the oil changed at 10,000 and compared the engines afterwards. Um, okay. I'd like to see it done. Maybe it has been done. I'm sure there's people with enough time on their hands to have done it. Maybe we could find it. But uh, for me, I always think it's better to over-maintain. There you go. That's simple. This is the Car Clinic. Glenn joining us from GT Auto Center. If you've got questions, get them through to us. And we're going to talk about carburetor to fuel injector conversion next for a Rolls Royce. This is the Car Clinic. And Glenn is here from GT Auto Center. He's helping us understand what's going on with our vehicles, helping us understand what some of the jargon, some of the lingo is, some of the products that we use in our vehicles are or aren't, and hopefully puts a smile on our face because when we get to the our, our workshop, we can leave not having emptied our wallets and uh, anyone else who's in the vehicle with us. So that's that's the plan. <laughs> now, here's a great one. Rashid's come through and he says, uh, hello, hope all is well. I'm doing well. Are you doing well? I'm not bad, yeah. yeah, yeah. Thanks, can't and, complain. And, and Rashid, I hope you're also doing well. He has a Rolls-Royce Corniche, hmm. 1967. I was two years old when that thing rolled off the line. That's a beautiful-looking machine. <laughs> Vintage. <laughs> Man hadn't been on the moon, had they? Uh, no. So that's, that's uh, wow. It says, it currently has a carburetor, and I was wondering if a fuel injector conversion kit is possible for it. Well, I'm going to say this really quickly because I hope you don't hear it. Yes, it's possible. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. No, I mean, if it's for fuel economy savings, then you're not going to save that much, really. It's a 1967 Rolls-Royce, which is basically your living room on wheels. Yeah. So you're not going to get any major improvements there. Maybe he wants to do it because the carburetor, working on the carburetor is a pain in the rear end. Converting its fuel injections a pain as well. Yeah. And um, power increase, a mm, little bit. 
Didn't, there's didn't a lot to think. Didn't about. you have one of these in in the shop a, a couple of weeks ago? Was it seventy seven? Oh, it was a seventy seven. Yeah. Okay, so ten years. And that was imported from California, and someone had taken all of the emissions conversion off of it to try and help oh. it get more power. And that was a real a nightmare to, to get that through the test. We managed to do it in the end, but it was hard to tune. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit sacrilegious, isn't it, like it. to touch that? And I'm not overly fanatical about those things. Maybe he doesn't have a good, you know, maybe Russian's not playing around with his carburetor, but maybe he doesn't have a good mechanic who understands carburetors. I mean, that this is, there could be people coming from, you know, industry who've never worked on carburetors before. I mean, they, I mean, I, when I was an apprentice, there wasn't a vehicle in the lineup that we produced for the company I worked for, brand I worked for, that had, had a carburetor yeah. for probably 20 years. Yeah. We were still taught about it. Yeah. And it was one of those things where, I actually worked with my tutor at the time now, and I used to say to him, why are you wasting my time telling me about this? Yeah. And we see a car, at least one every week, that needs a carburetor service. There we go. And uh, in our climate here, they, they are heavy on maintenance, those things. So I understand the pain if that's why you want to change it, but keep it original. Yeah, I wouldn't do it. No. Don't do it. Uh, but, you know, if you need to, it is possible. Yeah, it's possible. Okay. Another question's come through. Squeaky fan belt, does that mean it is going, the belt, or the fan motor, or both? Well, if you've got a squeak, it could be this, the belt. How do you know it's the fan belt? That's why. Yeah, I mean, the first thing you would do is, is, is supervise, and obviously in the workshop with the people you trust, you would show them the noise, and then they, would, they, they might take the belt off and start the engine and see if the noise is still there. Because if it is, it's obviously nothing to do with the belt or anything that it drives. It could be, and you mentioned fan motor, it could be the fan motor, but that's, again, if it's got a motor, it's nothing to do with the belt because it's driven electronically. Mm. So mm. more likely than the belt, it would be that you either have something leaking out onto the belt that's causing that or a failed bearing or pulley oh, yeah, that the belt goes around. Both of those don't sound pleasant. No. <laughs> no, 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 not really. I mean, it depends. I, if if you if you've got an engine that's easy to work on, then it's not the, not the end of the world. And these are all, all common things. And sometimes, rather than change the whole component, you can change just the bearing if it's mm. a pulley or something. So you can get around it without having to go to town. But if and again, if it's a belt, it's only a few hundred dirhams tops. There we go. So get it checked before it breaks. All right, looks like we have uh, a caller ready to join us. And so instead of keeping them on hold, as I usually do, Mansoor is going to join us right away. We're just going to put him right on. Hey, Mansoor, welcome to the program. Hi, good evening, guys. Hey, we're doing well. How about yourself? Doing very well. Excellent. Um, so I have a small question. Uh, right now in Dubai, uh, a lot of the car uh, manufacturers, like, for example, Ford, uh, if we have a problem with a Catholic catalytic fuel converter that's not covered under warranty though almost everyone says that we have the car for five years warranty and all service and everything however how come this particular thing is not covered under warranty well, like it's part of the car right yeah good question and you've uh, opened my eyes to something that i didn't i wasn't aware was happening now i can tell you again i, I from my experience with a, a, a manufacturer that should be covered under warranty. It, it certainly like, was yeah. in Europe. Uh, if you're getting told that here, you need to go straight to the manufacturer. If the agency yeah. are telling you that, then I don't see how that can be. How, how old's the vehicle well, that they're saying that you're you've got a failed catalytic converter in? Is it it's still within warranty? Two years. Yeah. yeah so and it, 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 if that's the issue, and I I truly would get in touch with 
the manufacturer. But that's here. the whole thing. Yeah, but that's the whole thing. Uh, even the, the manufacturer themselves, not just the agent, the yeah. manufacturer says that it's not covered in the warranty. Even the user manual, which comes in the book, which I know many of us don't read, but somewhere there, they actually pointed out, look, read over here, page number so-and-so, so-and-so line, it says there that it's not covered. Wipers are, brake pads are, everything else is covered and maintained, but this little thing is not. And, this, and they blame it on the fuel quality. And I'm like, Guys, it's, everyone's used it in, it, uh, in the whole Dubai and yeah. no one has problems. Yeah. It's not a diesel well, vehicle you're talking about, is it? Fuel I'm sorry, it's not a diesel vehicle you're talking about? No, no, it's a petrol yeah, vehicle. Yeah, petrol. Yeah. Fuel, fuel quality does play a part in it, obviously, because what it's doing is converting the emissions from the engine and making them less harmful to the environment. Now, the fuel quality mm-hmm. does play a part in that. The, it, it's fuel quite quality high. here is pretty good, though. Not really. Oh, okay. It's not very well. It's not. It's ve- very poorly refined, and there's quite high sulfur content in it mm-hmm. compared to the rest of the world. Uh, people always think about octane rating. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Octane rating is reasonable, but that just prevents knock. The quality of the fuel isn't great, and I understand that. You'll take a let's take a Golf GTI. If you buy a Golf GTI here and you buy a Golf GTI in the UK. The one in the UK will be more powerful, and the reason for that is because the one here is detuned, and they're detuned because of the climate and the fuel. So you know, I, I would still, I mean, I would, I would keep knocking on this. I'd go back to the manufacturer only because it's two years, and I think the when I look at typical vehicles of any sort, two years for a catalytic converter to fail. That's There's something else at play. Yeah, if I mean it, it shouldn't fail in two years. So my question would be, well, how many other your of your vehicles is this happening to? Yeah. And obviously they're not going to say, well, I, I, they're going to go back and forth. But I've never heard anyone having an issue with a catalytic converter in two years. The thing that damages a catalytic converter the most is a misfire and raw fuel. So if you have a spark plug not working and it's just dripping raw fuel into the cylinder and that that goes out into the catalytic converter, that is the worst thing for a catalytic converter. A catalytic converter to fail after two years, if it was just the fuel, would fail on every single car. If it was just the fuel, they'd say, no, we can't do anything. You know, every car fails. We can't do anything. If you want to buy our car in this region, that's the problem. But because it's not on every single car, there has to be something else wrong. Yeah. I, I would. I think you got to be persistent on this, and yeah. literally because they're with, not cheap with the agency and and back to the manufacturer. Because I mean, seriously, we're talking thousands of dirhams for something like this, and and typically it's not one on a vehicle. You've got multiple catalytic converters yes, depending I, on the vehicle. I've seen a car older than that in the UK get rejected by the owner, a yeah. three-year-old car that I was working on with a water leak from the roof, the convertible roof was rejected by the owner, and the brand bought it back. Yeah. And it went to the training center as a training vehicle, but the brand bought it back. Yeah, I keep you. You know, it's one thing to talk to the agency. You got to go back to the manufacturer. Straight to though. the manufacturer. And just you know, just use the logical case there. Sure. Thanks, guys. Thank hey, you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Let us know how you make out with that. Sure. We'll do that. Thank you so much. Man, sounds like a lot of bad luck there. I've, ne- I've never heard a two-year. I mean, I mean I've, I'm driving ten-year-old vehicles and the catalytic converters. If every car failed at two years, yeah. then fine. You know, you yeah. can say, look, we tried our best. I've but never if heard you that. Also, our car that I've never heard that being exempt in the the warranty either. It may be like like, yeah. like you know like so, uh, Mansell said. You know, people don't read the clearly. paperwork and book, and he's obviously has, yeah. and it says in there we don't cover it because of fuel quality. I understand the fuel quality is not great here, and, and as I said, manufacturers detune yeah. vehicles because of it. But that is to protect the systems on the car. So, yeah. Yeah. strange. Yeah, he'll keep. Well, that's something to keep following. It sounds yeah. uh, very odd.
Anyway, I hate to say it, but we've run up the clock on the show. Once again, we've got to close down the shutters and uh, encourage you to get in touch with us during the week. If you've got yep. a question about car maintenance, Nightline at DubaiI1038.ae is how you can email through. And, of course, you can find Glenn over at GT Auto Center if you want to continue your conversations over there. I really appreciate you coming out and do it all again next week, same place, same time. Pleasure as always.